We had a horrible mass shooting here in the United States over the weekend of the kind that makes national news. Think about how sick a country we have. Think about how severe and intractable a gun violence problem we have, that we have mass shootings that make national news in the United States and then mass shootings that don't make national news. Two different categories. This particular mass shooting took place in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, at a dollar general store. And this will then pull in Ron DeSantis showing up and getting booed, which we will talk about on the bonus show today. CBS News reports three killed in racially motivated shooting at Dollar General store in Jacksonville. Sheriff says three people were killed Saturday afternoon in a shooting that authorities say was racially motivated. The suspect died by suicide. In a news conference, the sheriff of Jacksonville, T.K. Waters, said the suspect described as a white man in his 20s went into the store, open fired, killing three people. All three, all three of the victims were black. Walter said he targeted a certain group of people and that's black people. The suspect then died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Suspect was wearing a tactical vest and mask, had a gun and an AR-15 style rifle. There were swastikas on the gun. And as more and more has been investigated, the suspect authored several manifestos, including one to his parents, another to the media, a third to federal agents. By the time that folks started looking into his computer, he had already started shooting. The gunman's journals detailed his disgusting ideology of hate. The gunman disclosed that the shooting was racially motivated. He hated black people, acted completely alone, was not believed to be part of any uh, large group. Listen to this. The shooter was previously involved in a 2016 domestic incident for which he was not arrested. In 2017, he was committed under Florida's Baker Act, which lets law enforcement and certain medical personnel involuntarily institutionalize people who could be a harm to themselves or others for 72 hours. This is being investigated as a hate crime. So a few different things. Of course, we are seeing the exact same dog and pony show from the American right wing that we see every time this happens. There is a shooting in general. We should really do something about gun laws. No, you're politicizing it and people uh, have emotions running hot and we should just wait, wait until what? Because there's mass shootings almost every day in the United States. In fact, if you look at the list of mass shootings over the last few days, there was one in Louisville, Kentucky uh, yesterday. There was one in Detroit yesterday, Cleveland, Ohio, Mansfield, Ohio, Pueblo, Colorado, Orem, Utah, Boston, Massachusetts. You know, just the when when can we get a break from the shootings where we can actually look at changing policy without it being called acting out of emotion or whatever the case may be? Okay. by the way, what's wrong about acting out of emotion when the emotions we all feel when we see shooting after shooting after shooting are valid? and related to what is happening. But then you see another aspect to this because there was a manifesto, because there were swastikas on the gun, because the individual was targeting black people. And it is an obviously race based hate crime. You see a lot of right wingers, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy was on TV over the weekend saying we really shouldn't politicize this. We shouldn't you know, we shouldn't make it about right wing, left wing, even though overwhelmingly Uh, We see right wing ideology behind these mass shootings in the United States, and that is always to be expected. We're always going to hear that from them. And the reality we have to accept is if we are going to do something about this problem and when people say, but David, what would you do? No one policy would prevent every single one of these. Okay, no, no one policy would. But I've laid out 10 or 12 different policies. I now have half a dozen clips where I do it. I won't take up time here doing it, but I'm willing to do it again at some point. I'll have to, I'm sure. Um, We are not going to get any of these things done with Republican help. It's just not going to happen. They're not willing. They are accepting what is essentially blood money from the NRA. They're just not going to do it. And so we have to at some point realize, listen, maybe Republicans can be worked with on I don't even know some foreign policy thing or who the hell knows. But on this issue, the left is going to have to figure out a way to go it alone 
if we actually want to get anything done. I don't know that that's going to happen anytime soon. Here is the um, uh, police press conference where they explain all about the motivations and ideology of the shooter. The Clay County Sheriff's Office, who has been assisting our agency with this investigation, received information after the shooting that the shooter had authored several manifestos, one to his parents, one to the media, and one to federal agents. Yep. Portions of these manifestos detailed the shooter's disgusting ideology of hate. Plainly put, this shooting was racially motivated and he hated black people. He wanted to kill niggers. That's the one and only time I'll use that word. I want to be very clear that there is absolutely no evidence that the shooter is part of any large group. So there it is. And of course, oh, we shouldn't really make it about race or racism. Violence is just bad. Right. But you also don't want to do anything to prevent the violence, even abstracting it from the specifics of the ideology or the manifestos or anything. Oh, well, this is really about mental health. Well, but you also vote against doing anything about the mental health every time we want to do it. So unfortunately, the shootings continue. The deaths continue. We have one political party in this country that is unwilling to do anything other than things that aren't real. What about the doors? By the way, did they ever strengthen the doors? Remember after the Texas shooting, the problem really is doors. We got to fix the doors. Oh, all right. And like, what have you actually done about the doors in Texas? Oh, you really haven't done anything. I got you. Okay. Oh, they should be locked. Genius. Wow. Brilliant idea. Now, how about the guns? What about the guns? Are we ever going to do something about that? Um, We're going to have to figure out a way to go around these folks. And what some on the left are doing, I've talked about this before. I have, you know, liberal gun owner friends. What some of my left wing friends are doing is arming themselves and saying, listen, I I know the stats. I know my gun may end up being used against me or I know that I may end up having an accident with the gun, as they are called. Uh, But I don't want the right wing nuts to be the only ones with the guns. Uh, I don't that feels like a race to the bottom. It's both understandable and also feels like a race to the bottom. So I don't know how we do it. I don't know when we start, but this is not going in a good direction, as we all know. And again, I've talked to you about the one mass shooting that made national news. We then have this entire list of other shootings from the last week, most of which did not make national news. And that's a tragedy in and of itself. The purity test progressives are about to get mad at Bernie Sanders. Is Bernie Sanders no longer progressive enough for the progressive gatekeepers? David, sir, what are you talking about? Here's what I'm talking about. Progressive Senator Bernie Sanders went to New Hampshire over the weekend to rally in support of the reelection of President Joe Biden. He subsequently was interviewed by CNN's Dana Bash. And in this interview, he said, listen, Cornell West, who's running as a Green Party candidate, Cornell's a friend of mine. But we have a question right now about Does democracy remain? Do the autocrats take over? And when those are the stakes, we need to bring the entire progressive community together to make sure that neither Donald Trump nor Ron DeSantis or whoever are elected president. Bernie gets it. And some progressives are furious with him. I've been saying this for weeks. The Cornell West candidacy is not serious and the best it can hope to do is derail Joe Biden in a couple of states. But here is Bernie saying it, and he is completely correct. And there are furious progressives now saying even Bernie doesn't meet our standard. Sanders, Cornell West, who is a close ally of yours, he is running a third party campaign for president. He recently criticized you for endorsing President Biden's reelection. Listen to what he said. I love the brother, and, and, and you know, you, even in love, people have deep disagreements about these things. But I think, again, he's, he's fearful of the neo-fascism of Trump. People look at Biden, they don't really want to tell the full truth. He's created the best economy that we can get. Is this the best that we can get? You're going to tell that lie to the people? Mm-hmm. 
just for Biden to win? What's your reaction to that? Well, my reaction is that certainly is not the best economy that we can create. That was what my speech was about yesterday. We've got to join the rest of the industrialized world, guarantee health care at all. We've got to cut the cost of prescription drugs uh, in half. We've got to raise the minimum wage to at least 17 bucks an hour. We've got to build the affordable housing we desperately need. But where I disagree with my good friend, uh, Cornell West, is I think in these really very difficult times right. where there is a real question whether democracy is going to remain in the United States of America. You know, Donald Trump is not somebody who believes in, in democracy, whether women are going to be able to continue to control their own bodies, uh, whether we have social justice in America, we end bigotry. Around that, I think we have got to bring the entire progressive community uh, to defeat Trump or whoever the Republican nominee will be, support Biden, but at the same time, which is what I did yesterday, is demand that the Democratic Party, not just Biden, have the guts to take on corporate greed and the massive levels of income and wealth inequality that we see today. Is Bernie no longer progressive enough? Has Bernie sold out? I remember in 2020, we talked about uh, the, 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 the so-called progressive saying Bernie sold out because he's supporting Biden. Why would Bernie sell out? What does he have to gain? He's 80 something and towards the end of his career. Why on earth would he sell out? Does Bernie have a track record over decades of being in public service of ever selling out? And now he's going to sell out at this point? No. Bernie Sanders is committed to stopping dangerous autocrats. Progressives should be committed to stopping dangerous autocrats. That is the truth. And so, listen, is Cornell West wrong on all of his policy ideas? No, of course not. Is he completely wrong for most political offices? Yeah, to some degree. Does he have any shot of accomplishing anything? other than getting Trump or DeSantis or whoever elected it. Best case, his campaign does well. He gets what could be called well for a Green Party candidate. He gets Trump or DeSantis elected. And so this isn't about um, silencing dissenting voices within the left. This is not about saying people shouldn't run or should be blocked from running or anything. No, it's about do we recognize the insanely dangerous, autocratic, fascistic, almost authoritarian direction that the Repu Republican Party has gone in over the last six years. I recognize it. Bernie recognizes it. Bernie, who was the progressive darling just a few years ago. Remember, remember when the test was, are you progressive enough to support Bernie? And I was OK. Now it's, oh, this guy is just trying to silence voices and Bernie's too conservative. And I'll no, 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 no. Bernie gets it. And so I'm glad that he is saying it this directly. Is he alienating some purity test progressives? Yeah, he is. But is he making a point that needs to be made because it's true? And the danger as he he's saying it, the danger to women, the danger to all of these different groups, groups we claim to care about. If Biden doesn't get elected, meaning Trump or DeSantis or Vivek or who knows who gets elected, it's an insane risk to be taking. And then, by the way, you know, the owing back taxes when you say everyone should pay their fair share, the owing child support when you say that we must respect women and children. I mean, it's not for it's a no for me, dog. I'm out to quote the sharks. Right. Uh, but Bernie's absolutely correct. If you disagree with him, if you disagree with me, I want to hear from you. Make sure you're subscribed on the YouTube channel approaching two million subscribers. We'll take a quick break and be right back. When it comes to taking care of my skin and hair, I never really knew how to have a daily routine. I definitely don't buy into the bogus miracle creams and stuff that's out there. That's where our partner geology changed the game for me. Geology is a 23 time award winning skin, hair and body care company that just gives you simple, effective skin care and hair care routines customized to you with the basic ingredients that dermatologists recommend because they're the few ingredients that actually work from their affordable skin revitalizing serum with vitamin C and E and ferulic acid 
their awesome line of deodorant, body wash and shampoo for a healthy scalp, which I've been loving. Geology has you covered. Geology has been featured in places like Men's Health and Esquire. You can read the glowing reviews online. And right now, for a limited time, Geology is hooking you up with an amazing offer. You'll get 70% off their award winning skincare trial set, plus 30% off any add on products of your choice. Go to davidpackman.com slash skin and use code Pacman70 at checkout. That's coupon code Pacman70. To get 70% off the skincare trial set and 30% off any add on products, the info is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's better. H-E-L-P dot com slash Pacman Show. The link is in the podcast notes. I want to tell you about a company called Ounce of Hope. They've been sponsoring the show for a while. They really support us and it would be great if you support them. And what they do is amazing for their community. Ounce of Hope is an aquaponics cannabis farm. Aquaponics means that at their farm in Memphis, Ounce of Hope sustainably raises fish and they use the nutrient rich water from the fish habitat to feed the cannabis plants as fertilizer. It is an incredible symbiotic relationship between the fish and the plants. They donate the fish to local homeless shelters as food. They donate the extra fish fertilizer to small farms and gardens in their community. And what Ounce of Hope has for you is an extraordinary selection of cannabis products shipped right to your door, everything from CBD more recreational THC products like Delta eight, Delta nine and HHC. If you're looking to unwind on the weekend, it is all federally legal, even the THC products so they can ship them to any state in the US. They have oils, topicals, flowers, uh, soft gels, as well as THC infused edibles, gummies, caramels, chocolate bars. Everything is grown and processed in house by their mom and pop team. You can trust the quality, the safety of the product you get. And Ounce of Hope has a special deal for my audience, giving you 20% off everything they offer. When you go to ounceofhope.com and use the code Pacman, that's O U N C E of Hope.com, code Pacman for 20% off. The info is in the podcast notes. Lest not we forget that the David Pakman show depends on our audience to do what we do. I will mention that it may be worth considering getting a membership to the website. If you're hearing this right now, you may not be getting the full experience unless you're already a member, in which case, thank you. You can sign up at joinpacman.com, get the daily show commercial free, but get the whole show. There's no reason for you to miss out on the bonus show every single day. Oh, the bonus show where you yeah. want to make money. Right. Everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. No reason to miss out on it. You can go to joinpacman.com and you can use the coupon code tetradited if you can spell it. That means four indictments. You know what I'm talking about. And otherwise, you can use the coupon code four years for indictments, if that one is easier to spell. Both get you the same discount at joinpacman.com. Adding absurdity to ridiculousness, adding insult to injury, adding what? I don't even know what the right phrase is here. Trump supporters mistook the ex-Atlanta mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, who happens to be black, 
for Fonnie Willis, who is prosecuting Trump, who also happens to be black. Whoops, we got the wrong black lady. MAGA, this is really something else. Here is CNN. <laughs> this, you know, there it, it there is a funny aspect to this, but it's easy for me to say, right? This is just insane. And also there it's hard not to see the absurdly comedic element to it. The former mayor of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottoms, went on CNN and said, you know, when I showed up somewhere related to the fourth Trump indictment and arrest, they started yelling, lock her up at me because they thought I was Fonnie Willis. They thought I was a different black woman. It's you know, the details, the details. Let's take a quick listen to this. We saw these supporters out here earlier who, when they saw security lining up, were chanting, lock her up and saying Fonnie Willis's name. When I pulled up, they thought that I was Fonnie and they started chanting it at me as well. And just walking through the crowd, it was a lot of (laughs) hatred out here, a lot of very. They thought you were Fonnie Willis. They thought that I was Fonnie Willis. Uh, Imagine that. Um, A a lot of hatred and, and really bad energy out here. But, you know, this is when you sign up for public service, you don't get to pick and choose your good days and your bad days. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, what what is the commentary even? It's like it's it's too on the nose to just say, oh, to the MAGA people, black women just look alike. I mean, I, I what what is the commentary? It's you would think these details were satirical if they weren't sadly the reality that we are dealing with here. Now, there were if you look online, there were maggots or Magadonians or Magapotamians. I don't know what we're calling them now who were saying it's not that they look alike, it's that they both really do deserve to be locked up. Oh, really? What what did Keisha Lance Bottoms do that she has not, to my knowledge, been the target of the ire of these uh, uh, MAGA right wingers. So just a little we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but just a little extra detail there about the absurdity and ridiculousness of this entire MAGA movement, which We have to best case scenario, hope that it goes down in flames along with Trump over the next 14 and a half months and then starts to evaporate with hopefully the removal at minimum of Lauren Boebert from the House. I don't know about removing Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's not clear, but um, hopefully this is the beginning of the end for that group. What if Donald Trump were already disqualified from running for president in 2024? regardless of the outcome of his criminal cases. That is exactly what a a number of lawyers, including a South Florida lawyer who has filed a lawsuit, are saying. This is super interesting. And after we talk about the con, the, the context and the concept, I'm going to tell you about one state that's already moving in this direction. This is getting more and more attention. Trump ineligible for presidency because of his role in insurrection lawsuit says this is from the South Florida Sun Sentinel. And it is a totally new line of threat to Trump that is completely separate from the criminal charges. Take a look at this. A South Florida lawyer has filed a lawsuit against Trump to have him declared ineligible to run for another term as president. The lawsuit cites Trump's involvement in the January 6th insurrection, and it wants the federal courts to enforce the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, which was added after the Civil War. The idea is let's prevent those who engaged in rebellion from holding office again. We don't want the original point of this was we don't want those who fought for the pro slavery South after the South's defeat to come back and say, hey, I'd like to be president. I'd like to be a member of Congress. I'd like to be a senator. That's the idea here. Lawrence Kaplan has filed this lawsuit and argues that this applies to Trump, writing in the lawsuit, quote, Trump's efforts both in Washington and Georgia and maybe in other states, as well as the consequential assault on the Capitol, make him ineligible to ever serve in federal office again. Now, given that the facts seem to be crystal clear that Trump was involved to some extent in the insurrection on January 6th, the sole remaining question is whether American jurists who swear an oath to uphold the Constitution upon their entry to the bench will choose to follow the letter of the Constitution in this case. This is not Kaplan's original idea, as many of you know, and the article explains. This is something that has received significant attention over the last several weeks, if not a couple of months. 
Now, is it likely that this will succeed at keeping Trump off the ballot? My instinct is no, but it is a good time to throw all of the fact based arguments. I'm not saying create arguments out of thin air. I'm saying if we have fact underlying this legal argument, then there is no better time than now to say here is another reason that the guy should not be allowed to run. Now, there are those who just say as a matter of principle, it should be for the voters to decide to them. I would say, really, even if he did violate the 14th Amendment and you are someone who holds the Constitution as a pseudo sacred text, you still think that it should be up to the voters to decide. That sounds a little bit strange to me. The constitutional question also is, does Trump need to have a conviction in order to reach the threshold? And there are arguments to be made that Trump doesn't have to be found guilty of anything that we all saw with our own eyes what happened and that a guilty verdict would not be a requirement for any kind of disqualification. At the same time, if Trump were found guilty in any of these cases, it makes the constitutional argument even more strong. Now, the trouble may be, you know, this is I don't know if you guys remember, but after the 2020 election, the Texas attorney general tried to contest the election in other states and there were issues of standing and jurisdiction there. If a particular state decides Trump is ineligible, other states aren't forced to do the same thing. And so that is going to be a practical question. We'll talk about that in the next segment when we talk about New Hampshire. If Trump is going to be removed from the ballot short of some kind of federal declaration, which I just don't see happening, it is almost certainly going to be a sort of patchwork sort of thing. And um, I, I, I don't know that this is ultimately going to get to the Supreme Court. So it's a very interesting legal argument. I don't know if it will in func- in practice work at any kind of federal level. But let's talk about the first state that's trying to do something about this. New Hampshire has become the first state to make a move to keep Donald Trump off the ballot in 2024. We talked in the last segment about the lawsuit that has been filed in Florida, arguing that Trump violated the 14th Amendment and thus is ineligible to run. The politics brief reports the first secretary of state is working behind the scenes to keep Trump off the ballot. New Hampshire Secretary of State David Scanlon, a Republican, is consulting with the state attorney general to invoke the 14th Amendment and keep Trump off of the ballot. Uh, I will be asking the attorney general's office for their input. And ultimately, whatever is decided is going is probably going to require some judicial input. This is not new. Every article about this says this is not new. This has been talking uh, been talked about for some time. Is this likely to work? in New Hampshire. We just don't know. We really do have to wait for the legal opinion, as Scanlon is pointing out. Is there any conflicted feeling about this? I don't know. I mean, listen, on the one hand, I understand the argument of. Indictments are just allegations and you are innocent until proven guilty, innocent until proven guilty in the documents case, the federal election interference case and the Georgia DA case. The New York state charges aren't relevant to this. They're, they're still potentially criminal acts by Trump, but they're not relevant to this. And so it is certainly the case that in the United States, you're innocent until proven guilty. And there's the argument to be made that trying to remove him from the ballot this early, New Hampshire trying to remove him from the ballot this early is potentially a strategic mistake. The MAGA people are going to see it. They're going to say Trump's being made a, you know, a scapegoat. He's a victim. He's a martyr. He's all these things. They're just afraid of him because he's so good and we're winning so bigly and all of these different things. So it will allow them to start saying the Democrats are stealing the election already. The counterpoint to this is that they have already been saying for a while Democrats are stealing the election already. They said it in 2020. They said it in 2022. They're already saying that it's going to happen in 2024. And it is so plain what Donald Trump did that you could argue that the constitutional violation, even if not a crime in the same sense that theft or burglary are crimes, that it is such a plain constitutional violation. And it is literally in the oath of office that presidents take to say, I will I will uphold and defend the Constitution, that it makes perfect sense to move in this direction and to say, forget about the criminal aspects to this, forget about Trump in in Georgia or Arizona or whatever the case may be. 
he showed such blatant disregard for the laws and institutions and the Constitution. Why should he be allowed to run when he tried to overturn the last election that he lost and actually fomented violence in so doing? That is a difficult argument to contradict. Yes, you can contradict it simply by saying the Justice Department has been weaponized, as all of the right wingers have been saying. You can try to contradict it by making the fact free claim that Joe Biden directed the indictments of Trump for which there is no evidence whatsoever. You can say all those things, but it's tough to fight against. Aside from the practical crimes Trump is accused of committing, he did it in public. We all saw it. He tried to steal an election he lost. Why would he be allowed to run again? I want to hear from you strategically. Is it a mistake what New Hampshire is doing, considering disqualifying Trump from the ballot on constitutional grounds? Let me know what you think. Leave a comment on YouTube or Instagram or threads or TikToks or wherever you watch the show. We have so much more to discuss with you today. Staying healthy and feeling generally good is all about habits that are sustainable, finding what works for you, something you'll stick to and it might be different for everybody. That's why I keep my routines really simple. Before I have my morning coffee, I'll have a scoop of AG one. AG one is just this tasty green nutritional supplement. You can mix it into water or other drinks or smoothies. You get 75 high quality vitamins and probiotics from whole food sources. It's just a scoop of AG one. You're covering everything you would need for the day. I just don't have time to be dealing with 10 different vitamin supplement bottles or combining all these things. It's also really expensive to do that. It's just a single scoop of AG one in the morning gives me all the vitamins that I'm looking for, saves time, more cost effective. You can go to drinkag1.com slash Pacman to get five free travel packs of AG one plus a free one year supply of vitamin D. I've talked about vitamin D many times. That's drink AG, the number one slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. Stop letting government and streaming sites control what you can and can't access online. The solution is using a VPN. Our sponsor, Private Internet Access, is the only VPN that's proven multiple times in court that they are not logging your Internet activity. Something else that makes private Internet access unique is usability. It is lightning fast for streaming and for downloads. You won't have the lags you get with many other VPNs. Private Internet access also works with all major movie and TV streaming platforms, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. You can change your country to access content not normally available in your country. Super useful for certain sporting events, awesome BBC content only available to people in the UK. Private Internet access lets you use IP addresses from 84 different countries and all 50 US states. You can use private Internet access on unlimited devices with just a single account. They also have a 30 day money back guarantee and they're giving you 83 percent off with my discount. You can subscribe for 203 a month and get four extra months for free. Go to piavpn.com slash David. The link is in the podcast notes. The first Republican presidential primary debate was last Wednesday on Fox News. We streamed it live, watched it, analyzed it, discussed it. But there was a question that we went into the weekend asking to which we did not yet have data. Remember, we want data, not speculation. That question was, was Trump's decision to skip the debate a mistake? Will it hurt him in the polls? Did Vivek Ramaswamy's performance help him in the polls? Is Ron DeSantis going to continue the decline? In other words, the question was, what will the impact of the debate be on Republican primary polling? And there are really two stories which are both true. Certain headlines said accurately, Trump maintained a massive lead in the polling after skipping the debate. That's true. But that's partially because his lead was so big. On the other hand, there are headlines that say Trump's lead has diminished since skipping the debate last Wednesday. And that is also true because he had a large lead that is now slightly smaller. We need to look at these dynamics because, as Rachel Bittacoffer told us, 
we aren't yet even in the phase where most voters are paying attention. And so there can be some significant swings in the next six to eight weeks that we will be looking at very closely. So let's start with this. Okay, morning consult poll post GOP debate shows uh, debate survey shows Trump didn't suffer for skipping. Trump maintains a 44 point lead over Ron DeSantis after skipping the debate. If you look at the results here, you look at pre debate and post debate morning consult has Trump still at 58. DeSantis still at 14. Vivek Ramaswamy up from 10 to 11. Pence is steady. Chris Christie up from three to four and basically everything unchanged. However, I believe that this survey may have been done a little too early. It is also not the only post debate polling that we have. So while it is absolutely the case that Donald Trump still has a lead, has maintained a lead, et cetera, if we look at the real clear politics averages, you actually do see a shift. You see that Donald Trump has lost almost six percent of his support, going from nearly uh, basically fifty five and a half down to fifty three. Is it a major move? No, but it is true that in the one, two, three, four, five post debate polls, Trump is not doing quite as well as he was in an insider advantage poll. Trump is actually all the way down to forty five and DeSantis is up to 18 and Haley is up to 11, eating away at some of Donald Trump's support. But that is only one poll. That's why we look at an average. And the shifts that we are seeing since the debate on average are Trump down a couple points. That's the purple line at the top of the screen. DeSantis down a little more from 14 to 13. And as you can see here, DeSantis has now gone from 31 to 13, losing well more than half of the support he once had. Vivek Ramaswamy continues gaining, albeit modestly. Vivek's best performance indeed in the morning consult poll, which has him at 11, but doing as poorly as five in some of the recent polls. But Vivek has now pushed from one to two to three to four to five to six to seven to seven and a half. And then uh, the other uh, person who has seen a little bit of a bump since the debate is Mike Pence, uh, who uh, and Nikki Haley, both of whom I thought had perfectly respectable and fine performances. So on the one hand, there are some seeing this as validation for Trump skipping the debate. They're saying, look, he skipped it and it didn't really hurt him. Well, he lost two points. And if he loses two points after every debate, he's not going to be in the lead for that much longer. The counterpoint, of course, is what Rachel Bittacoffer said, which is, listen, all of this stuff is going to fluctuate much more wildly, in part because not that many people are paying attention yet. And when people start paying attention, usually after Labor Day, which is now only a week away, as we get into October, November, December, and then close to when people will actually start voting in the primaries, things may really quickly change. Do I think that anybody is going to explode to 50 percent in the next three months? No. Do I think it's possible that Vivek Ramaswamy or I don't know, I don't know who else, Mike Pence, Haley, I'm not sure who. Is it possible that any of these other people could be solidly into the double digits, the teens, for example, particularly if Ron DeSantis continues to falter and decline? By Thanksgiving, I do. I do. And the question ultimately will become, does anybody have what it takes to actually eat away at that incredible amount of Trump support that there is right now among those who are paying attention? It would be an interesting thing uh, to ask, where do you think this race is going to be uh, by Halloween or by Thanksgiving or whatever the case may be? I know that many of you last thought on this don't like the betting markets, but I, I think it's interesting to look at them. The betting markets still have Trump very strongly. Um, and as you can see, Trump easily ahead in the betting markets, which aren't who do you support? They are who did you who do you wager is going to be the nominee? Trump very solidly winning DeSantis and Ramaswamy tied. Nikki Haley, and then some people think actually Glenn Youngkin, who isn't even running, is going to be the nominee. So that's where the betting markets are. 
I'm not telling you that these betting markets are God's gift to predictive ability. I'm not telling you that they're worthless. I'm telling you this is where the betting markets are. We're going to watch all of it very closely, but we have to talk about cowardice next. Mike Pence could have been killed on January 6th. It's not an exaggeration. Trump supporters, many of them were calling for Pence to be killed. They built the gallows. They wanted him hung or hanged, depending on your grammatical preference. Mike Pence has said Trump wanted me to violate the Constitution and I wasn't willing to do it. And yet Mike Pence also is saying as recently as yesterday. Even if Trump's convicted, I'd still support him if he were the nominee to everybody who ends up thinking, oh, Mike Pence might actually be courageous or principled or a good guy. I don't know. Then you get you get something like this. This is from yesterday's Face the Nation. Listen to this guy. We're talking about (laughs) Ramaswamy here, uh, uh, if you don't mind, Mr. Vice President. He said that he would pardon Mr. Trump. You were one of six candidates on the stage who said that you would support Mr. Trump even if he is convicted of a felony. Why do you feel that way, especially (laughs) since you also said on the stage that you felt that he asked you to put him before the Constitution? Why should someone like that be president? Well, look, I I signed a a pledge to be on that stage to say that I support the Republican nominee. I remain confident, more confident after Wednesday night that the Republican nominee will not be the former president. We're We're talking. So Pence is using his typical way to squirrel out of this, which is I don't think the American people are going to make that choice. That's the one he's been going with for a while. Um, I, I don't know if it's endearing or quaint or just pathetic that Pence is acting like that pledge he signed is actually something he has to stick to. So let me talk about that a little bit, because it is pretty funny. Uh, There is this loyalty pledge that the Republican National Committee asked candidates to sign. I actually don't know whether Donald Trump signed it. It hasn't really been in the news. Chris Christie has made it clear he would not support Trump if Trump were the nominee. So did Chris Christie sign it in order to get up on stage? I don't know. But the whole idea is basically as follows. If you want to be up on the debate stage, not only do you need to have the polling requirement and the individual donor requirement to even qualify, you also need to agree that if the American voters, the Republican voters don't choose you, but they choose someone else for this uh, primary, that you will support that person. And the idea here is that eventually they want all Republicans on the same page. Donald Trump. obviously knows that he can just lie or not support it or whatever. Trump gets that Chris Christie from his answers about, yeah, I'll abide by it as much as Trump would or you know whatever. It's clear Chris Christie also knows he'll just violate the thing. What are they going to do to me? It's not a legally binding thing. I'll do whatever the hell I want. Is it quaint or is it pathetic that Mike Pence is using as part of his cop out answer? Listen, I signed the pledge. I don't know. I'm an honest guy. You know, I I signed the pledge and so I've got to do it. But I just don't think Trump's going to be the nominee. That's the question I have for you. Is it quaint or is it pathetic that Mike Pence is hiding behind that? And then, of course, we get to the constitutional thing. You know, it's really depressing, eye opening. I don't know what the word would be. It's really something when the people who claim to hold the Constitution as the highest and most important uh, law of the land, almost like it were a religious text. And Mike Pence is a religious guy, right? He knows about religious texts and adherence to them. He has now told the story so many times. Donald Trump asked me to pick him over the Constitution. I couldn't do it. The Constitution, most important thing. And also, I'd support him if he were the nominee, because, listen, I signed the frickin thing or whatever it is that they're calling it, the loyalty pledge. It's all a little bit of a reminder that these stated principles, constitution above all else, it only is the case for as long as it's convenient. And when it's not convenient, it goes in the toilet. Pence isn't courageous. He's not principled after all. And every time something like this happens, we are reminded of that. I hope Pence is right that he won't be in such a position. I don't see any evidence based on the polling right now that that's actually the case. 
Let me know what you think. Pathetic or honest? Which is it with former Vice President Mike Pence? Let me know. Donald Trump is scared and he should be scared, having a complete and total meltdown over the last 30 or so hours, including middle of the night posts to Troth Central. Troth Central. Truth Social. Who the hell knows what it's called these days? Nobody's on the thing. Uh, I'm talking, of course, of the failed, twice impeached, four times indicted, civilly liable rapist Donald Trump. That's the guy that I'm talking about turning on Fox News, turning on Republicans, turning on Rupert Murdoch. And he should be scared because just about any prison sentence that this guy ends up with is effectively a life sentence at his age and health status. The themes here attacking people scared. I'm the victim making arguments that sound like legal arguments that are not even remotely valid legal arguments. And of course, turning on allies and blaming everybody around him. Let's take a look at what Donald Trump has been posting to his platform. First, a hilarious misspelling. Rumor are strong. So first of all, I think he meant rumors are strong or rumor is strong, but he spelled rumor like someone who's rooming with you, not like a rumor. R O O M E R. I've never seen anything like this. So this this is it's starting to become a question as to what is going on with this guy cognitively. Okay, rumor are strong in political circles that Ron DeSanctimonious, whose presidential run is a shambles and whose poll numbers have absolutely crashed, putting him third and fourth in some states will be dropping out of the presidential race in order to run in Florida against Rick Scott for Senate. Now, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Trump continuing focusing his ire on prosecutor Jack Smith. It has been reported that aides to Trump prosecutor deranged Jack Smith met with high officials. The officials were high. At the White House, just prior to these political sleaze bags indicating me over nothing. If this is so, which it is, that means that Biden and his fascist thugs, by the way, random capital letters all over this thing, knew and approved of this country dividing form of election interference, despite their insisting that they, quote, knew nothing. It's all a big lie. Just like Russia, 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 and not knowing about sons, business dealings dismiss case. This man is not well. This is not a well person. Trump continuing really bad polling for Ron DeSanctimonious. He ought to spend more time in Florida. Remember when sloppy Chris Christie went almost all of his final year as New Jersey governor in New Hampshire with his security and much else paid for by New Jersey taxpayers. He got destroyed, left New Jersey with a record low 8% approval rating, then got rejected by New Hampshire, had no support and dropped out of the race. Exact same thing is happening to DeSanctis. His capital P polls are dropping like a rock, including Florida. Trump then attacking Europe and everybody in another completely deranged post saying, quote, I have the stay sure senior PGA championship in Aberdeen, Scotland on my great course, and I can't go. I have to stay around and fight off the crazed radical left lunatics, communists, Marxists and fascists. I wouldn't want to be in Europe and watch this country destroying scum work their disgusting and illegal magic on unsuspecting Republican leaders who just don't think it is appropriate to fight fire with fire. But we will win. Make America great again. And as as always, I would love the Marxists to be named. I know sometimes they go, oh, Biden's a Marxist. Really? I can't find a single Biden policy that is Marxist. Do they know what Marxist means? Do they know what communist means? Are there any Marxists in positions of power in the United States? I haven't been able to find them, but I'd love to know more about it. 
Trump then going full conspiracy, borderline anti-Semitic with, of course, the globalish posting to Troth Central, quote, the globalish over at Fox News and their subservient paper, The Wall Street Journal, in their never ending quest to stop America first and give Ron de Sanctimonious one last hopeless push, have created the dumbest poll yet. It states, what candidates are you voting for among likely Republican primary voters who watch the debate? I wasn't going to bring this up, but no Trump voter watched the debate, which was the lowest rated ever because they were all watching my interview with Tucker Carlson, at which point Trump continues and goes after Fox News. Another uh, sign of trouble in paradise. Trump posting Fox News and the Wall Street Journal fight me because Murdoch is a globalist. I am America first. It will always be that way. So get used to it. The sanctimonious is done. And then lastly, finally winding down this completely ridiculous tirade. Fox News lies. They are still pushing to Santimonious, saying he can beat Biden. Actually, he is losing to Crooked Joe in all of the polls. Not true. And I am winning in all. Also not true. Fox just doesn't learn. This has been going on since 2016, saying I won't beat beautiful Hillary. And then I did. Look, Ron is a loser. He only won because of my capital E endorsement. He's a horrible campaigner. That's true. And his Florida numbers are being exposed. He loved Fauci, closed the state and had third most covid deaths in the US. He can't win again. Of course, Donald Trump forgetting about the per capita thing. Remember, Florida did have a lot of covid deaths, but the reason is because Florida has such a large population in per capita covid deaths. Florida is 10th. It's still bad. Don't get me wrong, but it is not third. This is not a well person. There continues to be speculation. Does Trump post this stuff himself or not? My instinct is given the grammatical errors, the random capitalization and the humiliating misspellings like spelling rumor R O O M E R. My instinct is that Trump is posting the stuff himself and what he's doing or where he's sitting at 2 a.m. when he does it. I wouldn't even be able to guess but I'll leave that to people in the audience. A Republican from Georgia named Colton Moore says that Governor Brian Kemp not interfering to help Trump is like the Holocaust. It's like those who stayed silent when faced with the atrocities of Hitler's Nazis in World War II era Germany. This is really weaponized stuff. Here is the Georgia state senator, Colton Moore, who wants to impeach Fonnie Willis, saying a lot of what we're seeing with Trump's arrest is like the Holocaust. Governor Kemp is a complete disgrace to the entire situation. Remember, yeah. all of this starts with him and taking 19 days to certify the election results. There were 40,000. Let me repeat that. 40,000 affidavits from citizens all across Georgia signing with the threat of perjury that they saw some type of fraud in the election. You know, it's it, it's almost like Nazi Germany, right? Literally, and by the way, that is sweat dripping off of his face. If you're watching, listen, it's, it gets hot in Georgia. You know, guys wearing a suit. Well, first they come after your enemies. And I feel like that's kind of where Governor Kemp is. He's like, oh, Donald Trump's my enemy, so I'm not going to say anything. Right. right. Then what do they do? They come after your friends. And I feel like that's where the legislature is right now. I mean, I've got friends that are being indicted. Right. And you say, well, I've seen what they've done to my enemies. and I'm too afraid to speak for my friends. And then they come after you. And at that point, neither your enemies nor your friends are left to speak for you. Can, can you imagine the delusional nature of this? What can I? It, it is it is beyond trying to shame these people over what they're saying, being disgusting, which it is. But it's beyond that. The Trump has ended feeling shame, makes fun of a disabled reporter, draws with a Sharpie on a hurricane map because the hurricane map isn't convenient. It, it these people are beyond shame. However, however. It also is just ridiculous to even on the factual merits, think that there is any similarity, anything similar between they didn't break the law to steal the election for Trump and they stayed silent during the Holocaust. I mean, folks, 
These are not serious people. And yet they continue to win elections. Yes, fewer elections that maybe at points in the past, at least federally. But at the state level, this guy's a state senator. These are the folks that are in charge in many of these states. So I understand the phone calls I get from people who say, David, you know, I kind of need to leave my state, but I feel guilty. Am I doing something wrong? Who am I to say stay in your state? Who am I to say stay around with these people making law? And I don't believe that just ceding power to these lunatics is the right path. Big picture. I'm not going to tell any individual who says I need to get out the trans person who called from Texas or the person who's in a relationship with a trans person or whose kid is trans. I forget and said, David, I mean, I don't want to leave. My family's here and I, I grew up here, but I I don't know that this is I don't know that I can stay. What am I going to say? No, you got to stay. You got to stay because ideologically just abandoning people need to do what's best for them. And so when you see this guy, Colton Moore saying, hey, you know, it's like the Holocaust and this guy's in charge and making law in Georgia. You get, I'm going to say you should you should stay. Don't abandon. Somebody needs to fix Georgia, but it doesn't have to be you specifically. And so I'm not going to attack the people who are bailing out on these lunatic states that are going in a very, very dangerous direction. There it is. You know, the Holocaust, it's sort of like what we're seeing with people not stealing the election for Trump. Lunacy, absolute lunacy. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. This is a wild call. Apparently, this caller ordered 10 copies of my children's book while drunk and then forgot about it till they showed up. This is really wild. Listen to this. Hey, David, long time listener, first time caller. Yeah, I'm hoping that maybe you can play this just because I ordered 10 copies of your book while I was sure. uh, intoxicated the other night. Yeah, um, I, I love your show. You know, uh, I love the book, I'm sure, because I find you to be a very level headed, intelligent individual. And so I will disperse these 10 copies that I seemingly bought the other night appropriately. Okay, so listen, I do not recommend drunk Amazon shopping. I I just it's I don't recommend that. Okay, to the extent that you have the 10 books now. Give them out. Absolutely. And I've gotten messages from people who have ordered everywhere from five to twenty five books and have given them to local libraries or gave them to a classroom or whatever the case may be. We have now distributed. Eleven thousand. Let me pull it up exactly. Eleven thousand four twenty eleven four twenty books, ten thousand of those to the United States and about fourteen hundred of them all over the world, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia. I want to make an additional announcement. We are soon going to have the book available in Spanish, the children's book available at davidpackmancom slash book to teach kids critical thinking, which is in English exclusively so far, will soon be available in Spanish. So I see that eight copies have gone to Spain in English. We will soon have a Spanish version. It's all extremely exciting. You can get the book in Kindle or paperback. People overwhelmingly want paperback at davidpackmancom slash book. And the sequel is uh, probably about halfway done, to be perfectly frank. All right. We have a fantastic bonus show for you today. Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. Everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. A David Pacman membership costs six bucks a month. Right. Ron DeSantis showed up at a prayer vigil for the victims of the shooting in Florida that we talked about at the top of the show. He was brutally booed, brutally booed DeSantis. And I'm going to discuss a few thoughts about it. The weight loss drug, which is I hesitate to even call it a weight loss drug, but the drug being used for weight loss by some Ozempic or is it Ozempic? I think it's Ozempic is now being looked at as maybe something that can help people drink less alcohol. Interesting. What is the deal with that? And we are going to talk a little more specifically about the new covid variant. People writing to me saying, David, this variant is could be our death knell to people saying, David, this variant is nothing. Where are people getting such drastically different opinions? We will discuss it and so much more on the bonus show. Producer Pat is back tomorrow. He's been on vacation. Everything is happening this week. 
And then next Monday is Labor Day. All right, we'll see you on the bonus show. Sign up at joinpacman.com.